Father, we thank you for an opportunity to gather together. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. And we thank you for an opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. We thank you and honor you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. We are into our second episode of our series called Praying Through. And today, uh, the focus of today is going to be, it's going to resonate with some of us and some of us it may, it may not, but I think it is definitely something that we need to discuss. My opening statement for today says that sometimes we don't want to pray because we feel guilty about our sin. But God wants us to turn to him in prayer even when we've messed up. We cannot let our guilt keep us from turning to God. We will confess our sin to God and receive forgiveness. If I can say that one more time, sometimes we don't want to pray because we feel guilty about our sin. But God wants us to turn to him in prayer even when we've messed up. We cannot let our guilt keep us from turning to God. We will confess our sin to God and receive forgiveness. So that gets us on to our episode last week. We talked about busyness. And so the episode this week is called Praying Through Transgression. Praying Through Transgression. Our definitions, praying is asking, uh, supplicating, to entreat for, to seek by earnest prayer. Through is from one end to the end of, or from side to to side of. And transgression is an infringement or violation of a law, command, or duty. Infringement or violation of a law, command, or duty. We're going to be in 1 John for a little bit, and then we're going to jump over to uh, Romans. First John one and nine says this. It says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, the substitute for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Romans 5 and 20 in the Amplified says this, but the law came to increase 
and expand the awareness of the trespass by defining and unmasking sin. But where sin increased, God's remarkable, gracious gift of grace, his unmerited favor, has surpassed it and increased all the more. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. In Jesus' name. When I was growing up and you did something that you know you weren't supposed to do, what you tried to do was you tried to make yourself invisible so that no one would know who the person was that did the thing that they were supposed to not do. Today we call that ghosting. Ghosting is the process whereby you all of a sudden cut off communication or interaction with another person. And so we sometimes get ourselves in a predicament whereby we try to ghost the creator of the universe. We try to ghost the person that is everywhere at the same time. We try to ghost the person that knows everything about us. But it's very hard to ghost somebody that's where you are or no matter where you are. But we always try to separate this. We always try to avoid, especially if we've done something wrong to a person, we try to avoid that person. We try to uh, jump on the other side of the street or, or avoid them or, and, don't make, and definitely don't make eye contact with them. We, we, we try to avoid them because it, 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 it's awkward. It's a, a situation where we know that we've done something wrong and we try to hide, avoid. We can see this in the book of Genesis where Adam went and hid when he realized he was naked. He tried to hide from God and when God came to meet them at their usual meeting spot, Adam wasn't there. And God said, Adam, where are you? Now, again, God knew where he was, but he wanted Adam to recognize that he was not where he usually was. And so God says, where were you? He said, I was hiding. He said, well, why were you hiding? He said, because I was naked. He said, well, who told you you was naked? He said, the woman you gave me caused me to miss the boat. And so we assume that when we know we've done wrong, that the person that we have wronged will be mad at us, that they will be angry with us, that they will not want us or will not accept us because of our transgression. And so we have to realize that in the midst of our transgression, transgression is us not doing what it is that we know to do right and acknowledging that we knew we did wrong. Mm -hmm. 
So when we transgress against the law, for like uh, example, when there's a, a black and white sign on the side uh, of the road and it has the following two digits, let's say three and five side by side on it, and when we look down at our speedometer, it says five zero, then we have actually transgressed the law. Don't, don't email me about that. You'll be all right. But we cause transgressions all the time. And then in that same little scenario, we feel so bad when the blue and white lights are shining in our rearview mirror because we know what do we say? Oh, I guess I got caught. And so we try our best to avoid getting caught instead of not doing. And so what we have to realize is the fact that there are situations where we may transgress, but the old way of trying to avoid the confrontation, the old way of trying to remove ourselves or to make ourselves smaller or invisible so that we are not having to confront what we have transgressed is not God's way of doing business. Because the process of sanctification is that we are overcoming the power that sin has in our lives. Now the easiest way for us to do that is to maintain our communication with God the Father. So when we transgress and it comes in between us and the Father, it does not mean that you have lost your standing with the Father. It does not mean that you have lost your relationship with the Father, it means you have lost your communication with the Father. It does not change that you are still a member of the family of the kingdom of heaven. It does not change that he still loves you in spite of what you've gone through. But it changes your desire to want to interact with him because you're trying to ghost Jesus. And so we don't want to be in a situation where we have found out that we are invertedly trying to ghost Jesus. And so when we get into this situation where we know we've done something and we're feeling the fact that we have transgressed the law, where we have transgressed the standard, where we have done wrong, in other words, where we have sinned, the guilt that we feel is from our conscience and the Holy Spirit is using that to bring about conviction. Conviction is the acknowledgement of a transgression and pushing or propelling you forward to do right. Condemnation is the acknowledgement of the transgression and holding you in that transgression so that you give up wanting to serve God. 
That's why the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Because the flesh wants to hold you in the condemned state. But Jesus comes to push you, propel you. The spirit guides you to this conviction so that you say, I'm no longer going to do that or allow myself or to pursue that so that I can be more of what God wants me to be. So what sin does, sin interrupts our fellowship with God. But it cannot change the relationship. It's part, listen, have you ever, I know, okay, when I was growing up, when I would get in trouble and I would get disciplined for my trouble, I didn't like at that moment the person that disciplined me. I didn't want to be around them. I didn't want them to say nothing to me. But inevitably, what would happen is they would come in and check on me and say, you all right? Now, you're going to say yes, but you really want to fight. But you're too small to fight, plus that'll get you in more trouble. So you say, I'm okay. And then they go on and usually say, you know, if you do right, then you won't get disciplined. Y'all catch that tomorrow. If you do right, then you won't get disciplined. But because... I am who I am, and because I'm in my flesh, and because I listen to my flesh more than anything else, I am going to do wrong again. And so guess what? I'm going to get disciplined again. But every time, it does not, it may interrupt the fellowship, but it will not uh, deteriorate or remove the relationship. And so we realize that as we have been involved in, for a little bit in marriage ministry and, and, and talking to people about parenting, and sometimes we as parents, we put up all these rules and regulations. And we do not have a relationship with those that we're regulating. And so the saying is, rules without relationship yields rebellion. Mm -hmm. I had to go down this little alley really quick. Because we think just by putting up the rules that it will cause a person to be convicted in order to do the right things. But let me, let me just tell you, that's not how this works. It is a relational requirement is a relational situation whereby we have to come together and have a relation with the person so that we can help them to understand that I am doing this for your good, your betterment, and the discipline that is a result of this is not to cause you to act a specific way, but to provoke you to make the right decisions. Then you will act in specific way. So what 
what what do we do? What what can we do? I I messed up. I I jacked up. I I'm I'm, I'm broken. I, I've done these things. What can we do? In in our world, in our current environment, when someone messes up, usually everybody uses uses the expression we kick them to the curb. We 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 don't inter, we don't interact with them. We don't so. We're so concerned about how others feel about us, then God's got to feel the same way. If I mess up, if I let God down, then why would he even want to talk to me because I've messed up? But that's why the apostle John, the the baby of the disciples, had to come and, and he had to tell us, listen, all of us. All of us have ran into a problem with transgression, with sin. And I want you to understand that if we do sin, we actually have an advocate, a a person that will stand on our behalf with the Father. And that's Jesus Christ. He is the substitute for us. He has covered, he has already taken care of the debt that our sin has brought. Because of that, he has become the person that stands up for us and says, they're good. And so because of that, but not only has it done it for us that have accepted him, he's done that for the entire world. So anyone that comes to God and and asks for forgiveness of their sins, guess what? They are forgiven. But but I've done this. They are forgiven. But what about they are forgiven? The price has been paid. And so what you are doing, you are putting yourself in a prison cell that you don't even have to be in. You are locking yourself up. You are separating yourself and causing yourself additional harm in, uh, uh, in, with a mindset that this is my punishment when God says it doesn't have to be that way. So praying through transgression means continue to pray. Continue to continue to continue to have your communicative relationship with God. God, I messed up. Yes, you did. God, forgive me. You're forgiven. <laughs> Isn't that hard? Yes, it is. Is that hard. Well, God, you sure you want to forgive me? Did you ask for it? Oh, well, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Well, God, I might do it again. I'll forgive you again. It ain't how people do. I, I'm not people. So we have to realize that this is a whole nother level of what God is trying to do with us as we're praying through, as we're going through, as we're moving from one side to another, from one end to another, as we're going along this journey, God realizes that because we are wrapped in this flesh, that there's going to be situations where we're going to slip, we're going to fall, we're going to slide, we're going to do all these things, but he is there to go through with us and to assist us to become all that he has desire for us to be. You thought when you played Monopoly, the get out of jail free card 
was the best thing to have in case you had a situation come up. I'm telling you in life, having a prayer connection with God is greater than any get out of jail free card that you could ever have in the game. Because God can provide you direction in the midst of that board and tell you, you want to go here instead of there. And if you mess up and still go there, I mean here instead of there, then he can still, will still come alongside you and help you to get to here. Because that's how he goes. Because Jesus... When he died, he atoned for, which means he took care of all the debt that sin required. He paid it all. The, the songwriter said, Jesus paid it all, and all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, a red stain, but he washed it white as snow. Now, I don't, I, I used to, uh, one year in high school, I was a manager of our football team, me and my good friend. We were managers of the football team. And on Saturday mornings, we had to go in and we had to wash the jerseys and uh, the uniforms of the folks. Now, our school, uh, we, we, our, our, top, our, our tops were colored, uh, but our pants were white. And to see the grass, and, and what we would do is we would soak them that night in bleach. And when we came in in the morning, then we would throw them in the big old washer and with hot water, and the hot water would help release. The bleach would kind of lift the stuff, but then the hot water would remove all that. But you know, after the first game, you never got all the stain now. You still saw some residue of the stain. Now, it would be bright, and you would have to look real close, but because you were the ones that put it in there, you knew exactly where the stain was. Right. But see, when Jesus did what he did, he totally removed the residue yes. of any stain. Yes. Because how can you take something that's stained in red and make it white as snow. There has to be a molecular level of cleansing that happened where you have removed even the molecules that could have left a stain in there away. And that's what Jesus does for us. He goes deep into us and he removes from us the stain of guilt and shame. So people will say, well, you used to, and you can say, that is correct. When people say you are, you can say, well, no, nah, that ain't totally true. So what we want to operate in is knowing that if I do slip, if I do fall, if I do mess up, if I do miss up, whatever, I can still go to God. And I have this advocate who, who actually personally paid for my transgression. And he can say, Father, it's already covered. They're free to go. Free 
to go. Now, why would you go someone that's already going to take care of whatever you, if you knew, if you understood that, that when you slip and fall, that you can ask for forgiveness and God will forgive you. That he will cause you to operate in a level of forgiveness. Now, 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 now. Let me just, I got to pump the brakes real quick. This is not a do what you want to do situation. This is the process of you getting victory over the power of sin in your life. Because once you realize that you can be forgiven does not mean that you now have license to do just because you know that you can be forgiven. It is the process whereby I know if I do this, I can be forgiven and I will try to avoid doing it again. But if I happen to do it again, I can still be forgiven. This is not this, this thing where you can keep running back and forth just willfully because you know that you have that provision in place. That's not how God wants you to operate. He wants you to grow into what he has called you to be. There are people who have slipped and fell and they have decided that I will no longer follow God because of their fall. They have said that I just have gone through too much. I've done too much. I have just disappointed God so badly that he doesn't want to talk to me. He, I'm no longer a part of that family. I'm no longer worthy to be a part of the family. But I want you to know that is a human way of looking at God's grace for you. Romans 5 and 20, if you look at it, it tells you that in the King James it says where sin did abound. It, it then, Paul says, where sin got bigger, where sin started getting bigger, he says that God's grace did that much more abound. So as sin started getting bigger, God's grace got bigger than the bigger. And if sin got bigger than the bigger, then God's grace got bigger than the bigger of the bigger. And, it, and it gets, if it grew bigger, then God's grace grew bigger. God's grace can cover your transgression. It can cover your sin. It can cover your short. God can cover whatever it is that you think will keep you from him. God's grace, his unmerited favor, his divine empowerment to do right is there for you to assist you along this journey. So as we're praying through transgression, it is our way of getting reoriented back into what God has called us to be, which are ambassadors, representatives of the kingdom of heaven. If we never 
failed after we became kingdom citizens, then how could we be examples for those that have not come to the kingdom yet? But because we have gotten into the kingdom and because we have slipped up, because we have failed, because we have come up short and then got reconciled or got renewed, got redeemed, got placed back into the family because we did not lose our relationship. We may have lost fellowship for a moment, but we were able to turn the key, turn the corner and get back into right fellowship with God because we never lost relationship. And we're able to tell other people. They say, well, I've done this. Oh, okay. But I've done this. Hey, okay. Whatever you've done, God's grace will abound even greater than what you have done. And all you have to do is accept what has been done for you. So last week we talked about don't let yourself get too busy that you are not connecting and fellowshipping with God in prayer. And this week we wanted to talk about don't let your slip-ups cause you to miss out on fellowshipping with God in prayer. There is no justifiable reason that we can give to not talk to God. There's not, we, we cannot justify not speaking to God. Well, I, I just had so much to do. <laughs> it don't take you to do it long soliloquy. You don't have to stand up and, 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 and say all, a whole lot of words. It's taking time and focusing. But I, 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 I didn't do it, so now I feel guilty. Well, stop feeling guilty and feel better because he still wants to talk to you. God wants to communicate with you. He wants to fellowship with you with you. So praying through is just being, spending time with God that you can be all that he has designed and designated for you to do and to be. Because we realize that if there is a situation whereby we fall short God will actually give us what we need so that we can finish the race, but we got to ask. That's all, that's all it takes. You have to ask for it. All you need is the grace to make it so that we can know that it is in him that we live, we move, we have our very existence. And because of that, we can be glorified in him and him in us. If you heard today and you've come up with those excuses that I, 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 can't, I, I can't do that because I've, I've done so many things wrong, I want you to know today that the key to this victory is having a relationship with Jesus. Acknowledging that Jesus has taken care of you and he has done what is necessary for you to be reconciled back to the Father. And that acknowledgement is simply this, 
The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That saved is rescued or delivered. What are you being saved, rescued, or delivered from you? From the very penalty of sin, because the penalty of sin is death. But the Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when you accept Jesus into your life, it takes you from the penalty of death to eternal life. And it says, if you will uh, confess with your mouth, our confession is what manifests salvation in our lives. And if we believe in our heart, that is where our justification comes, that we are saved by God's grace. It also goes on to say that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so our desire is for you to be in the family of God, the kingdom of heaven. And we are so excited about you making that decision today. Because it is something that God has desired for you since the day of your birth. That you will be reconciled to him. And his desire is for you not to want to or feel like you have to do this by yourself. As I say almost every Sunday, I say this is not an individual sport. This is a team event. And we're going to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. And so what we want you to do is, if you have made that choice, or since you have made that choice today, we want you to contact us. You can contact us through our email, which is uh, info at godshousecc.com. Again, that's info at godshousecc.com. Or you can text us at 864-920-0100. That's 864-920-0100. And we will get in touch with you, assist you along this journey, because we want to help you to become all that God desires for you to be. Well, friends and family, that's it for this week. Episode number two is in the book, Praying Through Transgression. You do not have to feel bad about or have to separate yourself about falling short. God desires for you to realize that if you fall short, when you do fall short, come to him, ask for forgiveness. He restores you so that you can continue in fellowship with him because sin, transgression, interrupts fellowship but does not interrupt the relationship. Yes. So we want you to walk in that. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.